Have you ever found yourself in a situation where you want to help someone who's struggling but have absolutely no idea what to say or do? We've all been there. Welcome to Profiles in Comfort, where incredible everyday people who are living through really difficult times share their stories of how those around them use the skill of comfort to help them through the valley, showing us the way to break through our own awkward zone to help those who desperately need to know we care. Hi, this is Jen Maher, host of Profiles in Comfort. Our guest today is my new friend, Elizabeth. For all of her life, Elizabeth was healthy and active. An avid runner, she worked as a speech pathologist, was happily married and raising two beautiful children. Then at age 52, life changed dramatically for her as she started to not feel well. She experienced pain in her arms and chest. She struggled to catch her breath. As she was undergoing test after test with no diagnosis, she was in a serious car accident and the pains and symptoms increased. Month after month passed, different symptoms would surface and lead to more questions and more misdiagnosis. Finally, after over six months seeing over 10 different doctors, including eight specialists, she was given her diagnosis, a rare and serious disease called AL amyloidosis. The various treatments Elizabeth went through, from chemo to experimental drugs, took their toll. She eventually had to pass her students on to another speech pathologist, which broke her heart as these kids gave her a true sense of purpose. Elizabeth's story is one of courage and grace in the middle of pain and uncertainty. It's also a good reminder for us to open our eyes to those struggling with things we can't see. The signs are there around us every single day. I know Elizabeth's words will inspire you as much as they do me. Welcome, Elizabeth. Thanks for having me. It's so great to have you here. And Elizabeth, what really strikes me about your story is the length of time that you suffered pretty much in silence and invisibly to a lot of people. Share with us a little bit about what those six months were like while you were having all of these tests done and coming to the eventual diagnosis of amyloidosis. Well, I think that was the difficult thing. I wasn't really sure what was going on. It took a long time for the doctors to figure it out. And I was going from appointment to appointment to appointment. And I was feeling more and more tired and more and more sick and um, trying to work. And in the midst of all of this, I had a bad car accident. So that kind of made things even worse. But um, yeah, it was just a very difficult time. Yeah, I bet you suffered some guilt about taking time off work. Is that something you dealt with? Absolutely. I think I was trying to um, maybe even hide it a little bit because I was feeling bad about having to leave so much and, um, you know, not being able to work as efficiently as I always did. And um, yeah, a little bit, little bit of guilt, <laughs> definitely. And then that just puts more stress on you when you're at work um, to even perform better when you're going through all this pain. And I can imagine people around you really struggled to connect the dots of what was going on. And I'll bet there were a few people, though, that really stand out during this really uncertain time that made an impact. Um, share some stories about that. Oh, definitely there were. I mean, there was there was one person at work who I think was able to tell that something was going on and just always it was asking how I was doing, which made, made a big difference for me. But um, I think the most impactful day was um, during my illness when I had a eight hour infusion that I was getting 
for a new medicine. And it was kind of my, my last hope, if you would say I wasn't doing so well with the chemo. So this was, they were trying something new. And um, I had a friend uh, set up a prayer chain the whole eight hours during that infusion. And I had the opportunity when I was getting the infusion to log in and see all these names of people praying for me the whole day. And it just, um, it brought me to tears, but it, it gave me such a sense of hope. And I ended up having a a wonderful um, success with that drug. And I, I didn't even have a reaction to it. The nurses were amazed because they said they had never seen anyone not have any kind of reaction or um, the first day anyway. So it was a very successful day. A lot of miracles that happened that day. What I love about that story is that someone took the effort. And I, I remember you telling me like when somebody signed up for 15 minute slot, like they prayed during that slot. It, and so you knew during those eight hours, there was a person thinking about you all of those minutes. Like that is so powerful. And, and then you said how that gave you the, the strength that day. Cause you're like, if, if I have all these people behind me, I can do this. And I just, I love that story because it just took one person to take the time to grab a bunch of people. And who were those people? Were they people? Did you know all of them? No, that was the interesting thing about it. I, some people I knew quite well and other people I hadn't spoken to in a long time, or maybe just knew, um, you know, from a distance, but I couldn't believe that they were committing, you know, 15 minutes on a work day to pray and think about me. And it was just, like I say, it kind of gave me the strength to get through it. So that's, I I absolutely adore that story. And you were also sharing with me previously on that same day, you had some people come to your house and I love this story. What did they do? Well, yeah, it was the same day. And um, I came home and uh, looked out my sliding glass door onto my patio. And I had a a couple of friends come and um, plant flowers in my garden for me and hang bird feeders and I put a little angel in my garden and I, it was just uh, such a gift uh, because I didn't have time to do any of that myself. And um, yeah, it was really special that, that they thought of me that way. It's a nice <laughs> surprise at the end of a great day. So. I love that. And, and tell us, did you love watching the birds with that bird feeder as you were? Yes. And the whole, yes, that, that was uh it was a wonderful gift because that was something I could do when I, I did, had a lot of sitting around I had to do. So it was nice to be able to see the birds coming and going. And the same friend would come and be sure that the bird theater was filled <laughs> all, all season long. So very thoughtful. <laughs> it's just yeah. amazing. Yeah. So you had all of these people stepping up and helping you when, when still sometimes not everybody knew what was going on. Um, and so talk about the workplace for a minute, because I know you're a teacher and you love your job and you loved your students. And, and I can imagine that during this time, when people weren't connecting the dots, that that's tough. That's tough. And so in your learning moment today, if you could go back and say, wow, I really learned this. And I would love for people just as a learning moment to know what it was like in my shoes and, and some things that made it even a little more difficult. Um, share some of those stories. Well, it's difficult, I think, because a lot of struggles are invisible. And I think what I had was certainly not noticeable up front because I didn't look sick or apparently people didn't think I was. So um, some of the signs were a little bit more subtle, but I think just a change in behavior. I know I was certainly um, 
not nearly as, um, didn't have nearly as much energy and I wasn't as talkative and I um, kind of was isolating myself. I didn't go join the others for lunchtime, for example. And um, I had to walk up and down a flight of stairs and I would try and avoid doing that if I could, because I was feeling pretty sick at the time. And a, a big sign was that I, I had to keep leaving for doctor's appointments and um, just would come in late and obviously much more tired than I had been. So those kinds of things. And I think sometimes that the work environment is so hard because everybody has their jobs to do. Mm -hmm. And when you are changing your behaviors, of, I would take it you're probably someone that didn't miss a lot of work before, right? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> and so, I mean, just a public service announcement for people out there in the workforce. You know, when you notice someone not showing up for work as frequently, it's a sign. And, you know, so... Elizabeth, here you are showing up at work, struggling more. And then there was this pressure that you were not pulling your weight, I would imagine, right? It was, was there a little bit of that? Were there times that maybe you didn't get your caseload done or your lessons done and somebody had to pick up the slack and talk about like how that experience went? I think there was a lot of pressure and I, and I understand we all get in our own worlds and um, especially at the workplace where there's a lot of expectations on each one of us to do our job. And um, otherwise it's a burden on the next person where it has to carry that weight. But um, I think there was a, a lot of just expectations of, um, you know, if you weren't at this meeting, when are you going to make this up? Or, you know, you have to be sure you get this done by this time instead of realizing that, um, you know, how, how much I was struggling and that I really wasn't sleeping hardly at all that week. And um, yeah, there were, there are a lot of expectations that I think uh, were put on me at that time, but understandably. So I also, again, was not as forthcoming verbally as I should have been with my illness. So. Yeah. It's, it's just, I think such a great lesson because I know that you love your work colleagues and you love your job. And once they found out everything that was going on, they were incredible. And it really is just a learning for us to open our eyes to, to these signs and behaviors. And, and I know you're going to share later with us how you kind of have changed your outlook on that as well. But tell us about once people at work found out after six months of not knowing that you were diagnosed with amyloidosis Tell us some of the things at work that people did that really just brightened your day. Well, for one, they all started praying for me, which was wonderful. And I, um, I started getting cards in the mail and the teachers would have the students just draw little pictures for me and they compile them and mail them to me. So I got to open packets almost each week of just different classrooms sending me um, these notes from the students, which was so comforting and wonderful. And uh, I had one of my colleagues um, knit a sweater and a little cap and put it on this teddy bear and put it in the mail to me with some nice card about giving it a hug because she wasn't there to hug me. So um, just very thoughtful things they did and um, kept in touch after that and certainly were, were very comforting. Oh, that's wonderful. And, you know, with that, those were great examples, but there are those examples that just like shout at you that they're so awesome, which we call our comfort shout out. And I think you're, we're giving you an honorable mention shout out because I know you have your main shout out, but 
This honorable mention has to be one of the cutest stories ever. So please tell us your honorable mention comfort shout out. My honorable mention would have to go to um, my little friend named Matthew. Um, my friend's son had was having, I guess, some difficulty sleeping at night, and she had given him the gift of this little Jesus doll, <laughs> and um, it gave him great comfort and helped him so that he could get some good nights of sleep. And one day she came over and she set this beautiful box on my kitchen counter and said, "This is for Matthew." And I I opened it up and. It was this Jesus doll. And um, I think the note in it said something like, um, you know, I hope this gives you as much comfort as it gave to to him. And so I carried that little Jesus doll around with me then wherever I went. And it came with me to my chemo treatments and um, came sort of still is with me. Still is with me now. Very thoughtful. How old is Matthew? I mean, that is just so adorable. I think at the time he was in maybe third or fourth. Great. I mean, what a great reminder that our whole families involved sometimes just has such a lasting ripple effect all around, right? Mm -hmm. So tell us who your comfort shout out is. My comfort shout out would have to be my husband. Um, I just, we've been married for 26 years and I just couldn't believe that he had it in him to do what he had to do. Um, yeah, to get through all that. I mean, he really stepped up and I he was doing everything at one point. I mean, cleaning to cooking to working to working out of doctor's offices to uh just you know, canceling travel trips so that he could stay home with me or go to this appointment or that appointment and just I could go on. He was just, he's definitely my shout out. Oh, that's so, so beautiful. And yeah. I mean, your lives changed on a dime, right? Like your routine had to have gone from one routine to something entirely different. And he just not, didn't miss a beat and went right along with that. Right. Is that what I'm hearing you say? Yep. Yep. He was fully committed. He said, I'm, I'm in this with you. So that's kind of all I needed to hear. So, and he still is. It still does now. So. Oh, well, thank you to your husband for being such a great comforter. And I know you mentioned your mom too, right? Was mm-hmm. such, don't want to leave mom out because you had mentioned what a great support she was. You know, moms have that special gift. They're the ones you can cry on the phone to and they, they just let you cry. So, Oh, special family. You know, as we kind of look back on this time in your life, Elizabeth, I know that this has been so challenging and you are handling this with such beauty and grace. Um, You've inspired me greatly with your story and your perseverance and your love and your faith and everything pulling you through this. And I know that you have a lot of time to reflect when you go through a time like this. And, you know, what has changed about you over these years? Well, a lot um, for the good, I think, too. I just, um, my faith played a big part in this, all this, and it certainly became, it was important to me, but now it's become even more important to me, I think, um, realizing that that got me through a lot of this and a lot of the prayers of so many people around me. But I think, too, um, it's just changed the way I look at um, empathy and caring for other people and 
realizing that in the past, I think I was always good at uh, sending a card or offering to pray or even making a meal, but I wasn't so good at the face-to-face. I think I was nervous of maybe what I would say or didn't want to put my foot in my mouth. Or, But now I realize that um, you don't always have to have the right words. You just need to be present and let the person know that. And um, it's okay to say, I don't know what to say. So, um, you know, those kinds of things I think I'm I'm more aware of and I appreciate that. It's a hard lesson to have to learn that way, but that's um, that's kind of the way it's changed me for sure. That's beautiful. And when you look back on how people have cared for you and this newfound respect for breaking through how difficult it is sometimes just to be present with people, like what have you taken away for the need for caring and comforting each other in our lives today? Oh my goodness. I think it's one of the most important things. I think we just get so caught up in our own world and our own ambitions and our own uh, minds. And we forget that we're here for each other. And um, I mean, anyone who's had a serious illness or who's ever thought maybe this was it for them is, you know, that's all, that's all that goes through your mind is the people around you. And um, yeah, that's really what matters is just being there for one another. And um, sometimes just the, I think time and attention are the biggest gifts you can give to people and the gift of prayer. But uh, again, that's time, you know, taking your time to do something like that for other people. A huge need in our world today. And Elizabeth, you embody it so beautifully. So Elizabeth, one of the things when we were talking the last time, and one of the things about your story that just completely um, impacted me so deeply was the length of time it took for you to get diagnosed and the amount of doctor's appointments you've had. And I know that going to doctor's offices can be fearful. It can just take so much time, be so frustrating. And tell us about your journey with all of these doctor's appointments and how you were cared for actually within the medical community for these six months. Well, I had some wonderful caring nurses, but I have to say the doctors, um, there were quite a number of them that were very rushed. And um, it wasn't a very comforting experience to go to some of these appointments. I remember being very scared at the time because I knew something serious was going on. And I had hoped that they would take the time to, to recognize, I guess, my fear and to understand how important it was that they communicate with other doctors to help try and figure this out instead of just keeping continuing to refer me to another doctor. Um, I did have one doctor when I asked him about my prognosis, tell me that I must be a very good person because these things don't happen to the bad people. And I thought that wasn't a very comforting thing to say. So um, sometimes I think doctors mean well, but they don't always have the right words to say. It goes back to you saying, even if they just had a few minutes to listen, and to acknowledge and validate how frightening this is for you, right? Exactly. Yeah. Did you have people that took you with, took, came with you to the doctor's appointments when you went? Sometimes um, as it got, as it progressed, yes. But at the beginning, I was on my own um, quite a bit of the time. But uh, once we knew more what was going on, my husband would go with me and I had some friends step up and just offer to help. And that was so comforting and wonderful that they were willing to take their time to do that and to be with me. Cause you're, you're so scared. You sometimes can't remember everything that the doctor says. 
So it's really good to have somebody in that room with you. I know. I, I, I hear that a lot. And I know myself in our own families, when people have to go to the doctors, um, when you're looking at it from afar, you forget how frightening it is to go for a test or to be waiting for results. And um, I'm glad to hear that people stepped up for you. And it's just something good to remember. Wow, Elizabeth, you, you've been on such a journey already, and it's not over. You're still fighting this. You're still fighting this amyloidosis. And there's still a lot of doctor's appointments ahead. There's still a lot of tests that have to be done. Uh, and what kind of support gives you the most comfort uh, as you are going to these tests, working with these doctors, going to work, seeing your friends? Um, what can we do? Well, I think it's always good to remember that even though somebody's in remission, that what seems like a routine test um, is still a really big deal. And that person is still um, has that struggle or that thought in their mind that this could be um, determining if their disease is starting back up again. So um, even the routine tests are important to give support to those people going through that. Um, and it's always nice to have somebody coming along with you or just uh, checking in to be sure that that lab work or that test went well or checking in on you. That's so true. There's such another great takeaway from today is, you know, go along with a friend to the doctor, even if it's just a test or an appointment. It's such a great time just to be together and support someone you love. Yeah. Thank you so much, Elizabeth. You're remarkable. We appreciate all you're doing um, and the beautiful person you are. Thank you. Thank you, Jen. What I love about Elizabeth and her story is how she has endured through all with beauty, courage, and wisdom. She has come away knowing how critical it is to care for those around her and to let them comfort her. Elizabeth, we are here fighting with you every day as you walk this path. Thank you for sharing today. You're extraordinary. If you'd like to learn more about the skill of comfort, please visit us at inspiringcomfort.com or email me, Jen, at inspiringcomfort.com. I would love to hear from you. Thank you for tuning into profile number four. We'll hope to see you the next time. Until then, comfort on, my friends. Bye-bye.